Good evening, everybody. I apologize. I had technical difficulties. All right. I made that intro real quick about five minutes ago, and I didn't save the whole thing. I only saved part of it. So when I went to click it, it only said <laughs> instant reaction. And I was like, oh, man, I got to go do something real quick. So I gave myself 30 seconds. <laughs> for sure. For sure. This is, we are kicking with the crew. We are here on a Tuesday evening, which is very rare for us. We don't do this very often. This is actually our first time doing a Tuesday show. So... We are here to talk about the new hire of Shane Steichen. We didn't want to wait until Saturday because we figured everybody would be beating the dead horse already. Every podcast known to man would have been out there already talking about it. Every news report. So we well, want to go ahead and bring everybody our own. Yeah, everybody is actually reacting to it. And uh, also just wanted to start uh, bringing you guys some instant reaction. So we'll try and get to this a bit more as we come through with uh, – more um, updates for you guys, hiring, um, uh, get to some free agency, and also some draft stuff. So if we can get to more instant reactions, that would be uh, our hope, especially if we can get some of the, more of the guys on. But, you know, we're always open for you guys. Yeah, with these instant reactions, don't expect us to be able to hop on midday because – a lot of us it's got tough. jobs. We definitely <laughs> tried to coordinate to where we could hop on this this afternoon at like two o'clock, but uh, I just couldn't feed it. You know, make that work. What's up, Chad? It's good to see you back on there. YouTube over there. Chad, the main guy who's always in for us. Appreciate uh, always being able to have you. If you guys are in here, you guys are watching. Go ahead and drop a comment. Let's talk about your thoughts. We're gonna talk about ours. Everybody is free to comment on their thoughts of Shane Steichen, and I'm gonna go ahead and pass that on to Demarco to hear what he's got. Yeah, my first initial uh, reaction from the presser, as I was just talking about Matt before we jumped in, guys, is I just wanted Jim to be quiet. <laughs> like I, I, I love Jim Mersey, I really do. But when he starts talking and he starts rambling, we already we all know his story. He's old, and, and he's just he's just like talking to your grandpa. You know, you start up a conversation with him, and he just will go and go and go and go. And so, uh. That was my first uh, reaction to the presser. I wouldn't necessarily actually wouldn't say my first because uh, Steichen actually got to open first. Um, and I, I just loved his passion that he opened up with. I mean, my guy is, is, is pouring out his tears um, just to be able to have the opportunity um, and then be, um, you know, getting to be a head coach for the first time in, in, in his coaching NFL coaching career. So I just thought it was awesome to have that kind of passion opening press conference recently. What's up, Damon? You made Damon it. has joined us. What's, What's up, going coach? On, hear me good? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We can hear you. We can hear you. What are you, What are your thoughts, man? What was your uh, instant reaction to the press conference? I think he froze. Yeah, I think he did. You go ahead, Matt. What was your instant reaction? Uh, my instant reaction to the press conference was, again, just like you, um, Jim Irsay needed to stop talking. Uh, I even told you guys when the press conference was announced, uh, just let me know when when Jim's done talking, just because I get so tired of hearing him. Uh, he just rambles on forever. Uh, yeah. And it, it, he just doesn't say he anything knows. important. <laughs> he just talks. Hey, I was just, I, I no was kind of just happy time. he didn't say anything. Yeah, I was just about to say, I was happy he didn't say anything about sausages this time. <laughs> oh. well, and then I instantly... 
I instantly <laughs> waited. Uh, uh, I instantly waited to hear what Chris Ballard had to say. Uh, and you know, Chris Ballard beat his dead horse of being patient and looking for the right guy and all that fun jazz that he always says in every press conference. Um, but then, but then they they kind of started talking later on about what they were going to do moving forward, and it kind of made me laugh because everybody started panicking about uh, Chris Ballard jokingly saying trading back when Jim Irsay said there were multiple avenues of approach that we could take in the draft. And then literally says to the side, this is going to be a Twitter quote. <laughs> and, yeah. and two seconds later, you see it. It's Twitter quotes all over the place of him talking yeah. about trading back. <laughs> I think, I think people neglect to uh, pay attention to key importance to everything that's going on. And um, I was having multiple conversations while I was listening to the presser, but I was clearly focused on the presser. Um, and the thing was, is they asked Chris Ballard and Jim Mersey what was the plan moving forward now. Yeah. And Steichen had let them know, like, you know, like, I just got here. I'm going to talk with Chris about what are our plans moving forward for the draft and whatnot. And then that's when Jim Mersey, uh, Chris let Chris Ballard let – Ursay speak first, and he said, you know, there's a plan that we have. We know that what we're looking at, and um, there's some things that we can do in the draft. He said we may move up. We may stay and pick, and that's when Chris Ballard joked and said, we may move back, you know, and then Jim Ursay said Chris Ballard likes his picks. And, um, and that's when I, Chris said, that's when Chris said, Oh, this is going to be a, this is going to be a quote on Twitter, or this is a Twitter quote. And I was dying, but <laughs> it, I actually exactly. hit, I hit rewind about four or five times to hear what he actually said. I didn't catch it the first few times. I was like, what did he say? Yeah. And then they said, they asked another question. Uh, they kind of repeated the question and Ursay said uh, he loves his picks. And he joked about moving back. And that's when Ursay said that kid from Alabama is good. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah. so, so that just let me know and should let every fan know that all options are on the table. And Steichen presented himself as a guy who he has the confidence he can work with anybody. But uh, go ahead, Damon. Let's let you chime in there real quick. I know you froze uh, a little bit ago, but let you get some more. Right. And for the record, y'all do hear me better now? Yes. Yes. Awesome. You know, my biggest takeaway, um, I'm going to go straight quarterback here because I know that's the next thing the Colts fans are going to be anxious about for the next three months. Um DeMarco, I like what you said there at the end, and I think that's a key point to take away. The guy worked with Phillip Rivers, Justin Herbert, and Jalen Hurts, three completely different quarterbacks. Veteran, young, mobile. He's completely different quarterbacks. So um, if, I would be, if, I was, if I was to be a Colts fan, uh, I would say definitely this should alleviate a little bit of stress for you because, as you heard that guy say, um, correct me if I'm wrong here, you run – you run to win games and throw to, to score points. I think is what he said. Right? Yeah, he, he said it in the reverse. I ordered. Yeah, so, he said we. Uh, throw that was uh, that was that was one of my bullet points. I was going to yeah. get to that, but yeah. Yeah, he you said know, we throw to score um, and we run to win. So that's a. That's, I that's a, love that quote. That's a key. That's a that's a keynote. Um, and I, I actually saw some 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 I guess Twitter stuff and people were kind of upset that he felt the Eagles abandoned the running game in the Super Bowl, um, similar to what the Colts did several times this season, but. I don't have an issue with that when our quarterback is uh, completing over 60 to 70% of his passes. The issue is when you abandon the running game and you're not completing your passes. So this gives us a, a versatile play caller. Um, and, you know, we get his first year of him calling the plays. So he'll be the one running with the sheet. So excited to see what, what's to come. 
to that point, I don't I don't want to take off too much on that, but uh, just two points that that were made there is uh, the one was um, about the giving up on the running game. I, I don't understand what people were talking about. If you didn't watch the Super Bowl, it wasn't like the Eagles got stopped. It was why they lost. They didn't have a chance to go on a drive. They put up 35 points and didn't have a problem scoring. So whatever people were talking about there, you're clueless. Like, uh, I like, uh, what was it? I was just, just listening to um, ESPN and Ryan Clark was talking about uh, – um, Gannon and Steichen getting the jobs, and he said that uh, Gannon was outcoached by Eric Bieniemy, and Gannon got a job, and Eric Bieniemy didn't. And I didn't understand why he brought up Steichen because Steichen put up 35 points and was virtually unstoppable on every drive the Eagles had. So he deservedly did his job and did everything he was supposed to. And if Jalen Hurts would have got one last shot, I I'm. I'm pretty much 100% sure in my mind it would have been overtime for sure or a touchdown from the Eagles. So there was a, there was another word that he said in his uh, introductory that Shane said his introductory that's kind of been sitting with me all day that I really liked. And I think this was the most important word to me. Uh, relentless. Yeah, that, I, 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 that was his fourth pillar. Relentless. Mm-hmm. I think that that was just at the, it kind of, to me, is like him saying that no matter what's happening, I'm putting my foot on your throat. You know, and I think I, I while you're on this point too, something I did notice is I think this friendly locker room culture, the roster has got over it. They're over it too. I don't think that they want this image anymore. I think that the roster itself wants somewhat of a hard nose and relentless aspect. So, dude, I freaking love that. Um. So I, I want to get to those bullet points that Matt brought up, but there's two important things that are here real quick that I wanted to get to. Uh, Dan Knight was asking a question. He said, do you think since he worked with a QB from Bama, he might be comfortable with that system and what they run? So I want to let everybody know right now, Steichen addressed it and said, whoever's your quarterback, you need to build around them. The system needs to fit them. So it's not necessarily a system from what other school or what somebody came from. He wants to know what this quarterback does well, what he likes to run, and he can put that together. So I don't think that's something that we'll need to really worry about. Uh, I think we just need to find our guy, and then we'll know from there what system we'll have. And then uh, Zach has said here, I thought the crying was hilarious. Uh, I'm hopefully but cautiously cautiously optimistic. Uh, Ballard has a lot to work to do on offense because I believe we're lacking, but I'm confident in Shane's ability to call plays and create uh, to allow Indy to score. So the crying thing was what I was talking about with Dan Dykich. He asked him and said, uh, what kind of coach are you? Um, are you like a, a, a listener? Are you a hard ass or whatever? Cause you're up there crying like a baby. I was talking. I that was Greg the, Doyle that asked that. Was it? I yeah. thought it was dykish, but I, was I, I thought was that was a punk ass question to sit there and tell them you're up there crying like a baby. So I apologize if it wasn't dykish. I thought it was, um, but <laughs> I just thought that was stupid, dude. Like some of these guys, like just because they get a job and they start crying, like they work their whole life for it. So if you get the promotion at the top of the top, he can't be emotional. He can't be dude. confident in his ability. He can't be happy. He can't be so proud that he gets emotional. A lot of these- and all of the people he discussed about caring about. A lot of people don't understand that coaches, they start off their career not thinking they'll ever make it to that point to be an NFL head coach. Exactly. And, and this that's almost like a player being eight years old saying, I'm going to make it to the NFL. It's just as hard to make exactly. it in that aspect. So when you, when you get that job, especially at 37 years old with 
12 years. You've been coaching in the NFL since you were 28, 20 or 26 years old, and now you're an NFL head coach that quickly. Yeah, exactly. 12 and, years and, of straight grinding. Are you going to call and, him a crybaby? And not, not only just that, but the amount of people that he just competed against to get the job. I was 13 candidates that they started off with, and he is the last one standing. I'd be emotional too, especially when half the dudes that interviewed have about 20 years experience over him. Exactly. I thought I just I thought that was just I thought it was crap to sit there and come. Um, But uh, real quick to what you said about the accountability. Um, So I thought it was funny uh, when they (laughs) I said uh, Uh, oh yeah yeah it was relentless but it was the four pillars was basically what i was yeah the four pillars yeah um so they had pretty much asked ballard and ursay what they learned about their organization um from interviewing all these people because they said you kind of learn from asking and they asked steichen what he learned from um sirianni and i i I personally didn't like uh jim ursay's answer on what the organization learned and ballard said he learned that that we were still desirable um but Steichen said he learned accountability. He said Nick Sirianni never let anything slide, um, and you have to hold people accountable. He did a hell of a job, hell of a job doing that. So that goes to what Damon was talking about earlier. Players will be held accountable. That will be a big change. Um, was one of the things that I took from that. And then those four pillars um, is what Matt was talking about. He said how we're going to build this organization back up. Um, he said character was number one. Got to be a high character guy. Preparation, consistency, and relentless. He said we will work relentlessly, coaches, players, and front office. I want to make a comment on the preparation too, because he specifically he specifically targeted on that one a little bit during his press conference, and he said that the biggest difference between teams that win and teams that lose is preparation. Big and I partially feel like he was trying to kind of make a, a comment at how the Colts lacked last year. And we talked about this, I believe, Saturday when we always said, oh, we had a good week of practice. Yep. But then we always ended up losing. So how the heck did we have a good week of practice? You know, and I think that when he brought up preparation, that was the first thought that came to my mind was that's yep. one thing he needs to change. Instead of saying, hey, I thought we had a good week of practice. No, you need to say, well, clearly our practice wasn't good enough. Exactly. But uh. Damien, you got any comment on that? I, I love the four the four pillars. I love it. Yeah, I mean, and I also want to go off one of the comments I saw. Um, it's good to see emotions. I mean, it took for us to see emotions in a coach. I mean, that was Frank Reich finally complaining to a ref about a bad call. What, week three, week four, guys' jobs on the line? We haven't seen emotion in the coaching job in a long time. Granted, I think Jeff Saturday did show a great amount of emotion. I'm going to give him a little bit of shout-out as well. He did bring some type of intensity and heart to the team. Um, this is refreshing to see, man. Um, and going back on your comments too about Ballard Saul, that not only was the, the job desirable, which I, I never thought that the job would not be desirable, uh, but also got a little bit of bits and pieces about the roster. So I'm really excited to see what uh, Steichen has to say about had to say about our roster and what he thinks as well. I was disappointed when he named some key players on offense about what they like to do that he uh, he named um, Pittman and Jonathan Taylor. I was hoping he was going to name Campbell just because I feel like Campbell really fits the way his scheme kind of looked from Philadelphia, just kind of the player type wise. But um, I, 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 
I love you. Him. I just you also, also got to think he's on the spot right there. Exactly. So, yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. No, I'm just saying me personally, just in my own head, just of a player that I, I was thinking I'd yeah. want him to name. It, it's not no shot against. He, him. he pretty much he pretty much named yeah. uh the he number named ones. Our yeah, yeah, our number the key ones. guys. Yeah, exactly. And so uh that brings me to Jordan uh, Kibby's point here in the comments. He said to me, him crying makes uh this makes sense the dude just accepted his dream job but then he caught his breath and was composed as he could be that nails it to the point like he came out and he showed his compassion and his emotion and how he felt about getting this job and and wanted to thank everybody that helped get him to the place that he is now and then completely switched to coach mode and showed his confidence in what he can do and what his plan was for this franchise i absolutely love that and i i, I didn't I just thought that was great to be able to see. I agree. I agree. Uh, Jordan Kibbe also says you can tell he's going to be straight to the point. He said, Damon, you hit it. Uh, he's been wanting to see a change of personality because we've had so many calm demeanor coaches for so long. And I actually agree with that because almost instantly after uh, the press conference, Shane was already posting up little videos of him kind of going crazy about being in the Colts organization. So it's definitely <laughs> exciting to see. It's not that old monotone type Frank Wright uh, answers. You know, honestly, I'd have to say we haven't – I mean, it's only really been since Chuck Pagano, since we've had a, a passionate coach like that. I mean, Chuck Pagano was always very passionate too. So Yeah, even Jim Caldwell, Tony Dungy, those guys were calm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I remember Chuck. I remember Chuck Pagano getting hype on the sideline, man. I mean, yeah, he's like best, he's like he's like best buds with McAfee, and he's old as hell. <laughs> yeah, he's he's always on the McAfee show having a blast. Only Chuck Pagano would uh, cheer after Andrew Luck pulls off like a forty point comeback, and his defense gives up fifty points. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you see him hype. But we um, got also, the win. yeah, we got the win. It's all that matters. But also, I want to bring up uh, Chad's point. Do we think we're going to retain or keep Bubba Ventroni? I think something like special teams, you might see a higher chance of that. Um, that's not to confirm anything, and I know there's more come on that, but special teams coach, I wouldn't be surprised if we can keep him around. Um, pretty well-regarded good coach. I, I wouldn't see too much lateral movement, him pulling anybody from anywhere for that. Yeah, he didn't really give any insight on yeah. who he was going to keep yeah. or what he was going to do with coaching-wise. Um, some For some reason, some people took it as he was saying Gus wasn't staying around, things like that. I was um, one of those people. Yeah, you were. Um, yeah. I'll say it. Uh, <laughs> I really think a lot of stuff was uh, – read into in the press conference i think shane is too straight to the point um to think that he was trying to kind of keep things under wrap i think he is going to sit and talk with gus no I, 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 I think the I, way that he answered it was the fact that he didn't know like i think yeah. it was just like he hadn't got a conversation with them so he didn't know and so that's why it just kind of clicked in my mind that maybe they yeah. understand yeah i just you know he uh I just think it's one of those things where Gus – I still believe, this is my theory, that Gus was involved somewhat in the decision-making process. Not him making a decision. I think that his name About was thrown around. Yeah, or, or you know, Steichen agreeing to keeping Gus. Uh, it's just one of those things where our defense was top of the league until toward the end of the season. Uh, and I think Gus is one of those guys that we could definitely keep around. Bubba is one of those guys that we could definitely keep around. Uh, he's – both of those guys were uh, bright lights of the season, <laughs> if you want to put it that way. 
Yeah, for yeah. sure. For sure. Um, stop, stop hating on my guy Campbell, man. We got to bring him back. I do want to touch on what Dan Knight said. He said he might actually see Colts tight ends get some more touches. And I want to say I agree with that because he did bring up tight ends also when he started naming off key players. Unfortunately, I don't think he was able to name one of our actual tight ends. <laughs> but um, I think that's I think not his he, fault. No, but I think once he starts, <laughs> once he starts looking at the tape and he starts looking at things that the players have done, I think he's going to start seeing Jelani Woods and Colin Granson are definitely two future stars, and he's going to be heavily using them in the passing game. Oh yeah, I've saw some Eagles film breakdown. I've been watching. Oh man, we're gonna have some guys schemed open, and I'm talking about like. It's like, why don't the Colts ever have players just wide open? Why does everything have to be uh, contested catches? 50-50 balls. And watching some of the film, the Eagles film breakdown, oh, man, uh, I'm loving it. The formations he uses. I remember telling you guys before, uh, when we talked about our favorite, um, our top three, um, and I think we talked about it in the messages a few times, that him and Eric Bieniemy were my top two candidates to begin with and that was just because of the fact of what they do offensively on how they move people around how they create mismatches how people get open that their scheme is just untouchable and i love the offensive formations that they use they're not easy to defend exactly exactly yeah i i, I like it um i also just wanted to note here uh i, I don't i'm i think this press conference might have also been a little bit short because um because I didn't, I didn't think about it till just a little bit while ago. Um, but this is, you know, well, I want to say this is the third head coach that Chris Ballard has been around, and this is the first one that he's got to pick in the first try. So, you know, Pagano was already here, and he, like, gave him a shot to try and stick around. Um, then it was McDaniels who then backed out. Frank Wright was his second choice, and Steichen got the job so you know that was uh just something that dawned on me yeah i think i think uh i think chris boward is tired of these head coach introductions Mm -hmm. exactly especially when this was his second one in the last two months two and a half months so probably new quarterback introductions too that's why he's not bringing in Derek carr y'all you really think he wants to have four quarterbacks (laughs) vets yeah yeah people people keep asking me about the whole like going veteran thing I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna make my point on uh on Derek Carr real quick. Cause Derek Carr is a is a smart man. This is this is my theory on the Derek Carr situation, just to steer away a little bit, because I thought it was funny. I was talking to a buddy about it at work. Derek Carr never wanted to be traded, right? So when the Saints started talking to the Raiders and they started talking about trade talks, he agreed to go meet with the Saints. So when he went and met with the Saints, he was like, Hey, I'm not gonna accept the trade. I just want to be released because I'm going to get $40 million anyway. And then y'all can just go ahead and sign me and keep your damn draft picks. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely deal with these saints, but he also did it to say, screw the Raiders because what he did was instead of me accepting the trade, making the team that I'm going to worse to help you guys get better while you're trying to get rid of me for the last two years. Guess what? Now I'm going to say no, because I got a no trade clause. Now you guys can go ahead and cut me and get nothing. And I still get forty to fifty million dollars and take a second paycheck from the Saints. Yep, and he, told, he gave the, he gave them the bird. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if his I wonder if his mascara is going to change color next year. Oh, is he going to go gold? Is he going to nah, go gold? I think he'll mascara? keep it black. I think he'll keep it black. <laughs> he might use some gold glitter. It's a gold glitter. 
Oh, man, that's funny. All right, Chad down here says, I think Ballard is going to go hard in draft in FA because he's essentially fighting for his job now. Why not go hard and spend Ursay's money and make some wild trades? Uh, because we don't have much money to spend. Yeah, I know that we're like 13th yeah. in the cap, but we only like have like 13 million. 13 million. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, I just had a breakdown on some some current free agents that we have right here. I got a list for you guys. So um, if Matt Ryan is released, it would push our cap close to 30 million. Then we'd have Yannick Ndakwe, Bobby Okereke, Rodney McLeod, Tyquan Lewis, EJ Speed, Parrish Campbell, and Ashton Doolin. So those are quite a few guys there that we need to figure out what we're going to do with our 30 million that we'd have there. You know, here's, here's a pretty good solution. And this is probably going to be an unpopular opinion. Uh, we trade back, right? We trade back, get a couple draft picks, maybe a first and a second uh, or a first and a couple seconds. Uh, we don't re-sign anyone. We trade Shaq. We get back into the first. Now we got two first rounds and multiple seconds. You just rebuilt your roster in one draft and saved money doing it and draft AR-15. Or Hendon Hooker. No, I don't want him. He's 25. I'd rather take AR-15. Yeah. Uh, I, I think I think Hendon Hooker is going to be a uh, – I mean, I'm, if, I'm, if you're going to draft Hendon Hooker, you might as well just trade for fucking Justin Fields. Mm, yeah. Uh, I mean, hey, it kind of – Pretty sure Justin Fields is younger, so. Damn, you know what? I just thought about it. That's crazy, bro. If we were to draft him to Hooker, right, and say he ended up working out or whatever, his first big contract would be at the age of 30. Yeah, no, that's too old. I don't like that. Nope. That's insane. I don't like that. Dude. He wouldn't even be in his prime. He'd be out of his prime by the time he got paid. Facts. I don't even like that. I would rather take Ugh. AR-15, trade back to like 15th, yeah, AR fifteen is barely twenty one. Yeah, you get that fifteenth. You get that fifteen trade back to between fifteen and twenty. You can draft AR fifteen. Uh, you get about. I don't another, know if he'd be there between fifteen and twenty. Eh, and trade back to ten. You still can yeah. get another second round I'll pick or two second round picks out of it. Somewhere and right then, there. And then again, trade Shaq for a late first round pick. Now you can get another first round talent. Save money. You don't have to spend money. You just replaced a whole lot of players that you were going to have to resign. And now you get them longer. Yeah, I still gotta, I still gotta consider some things draft wise. Yeah, I know you don't, you don't want to trade Shaq. I know, I get it. Well, it's it's trading Shaq, and then it's also still tough for me to decide on trading back. Yeah, you know, we don't still, get the opportunity to t to I'm pick still, top five and, and have a ch chance at a top five quarterback very yeah. often. You so don't want to miss like, that. It's it's tough to say. I mean, it's easy to assume because Ballard loves to trade back, so. It's still um, – I think it's one that I'll, I'll definitely it's, consider once we get more into our war room idea and we put our heads together there. Um, it's definitely not – it's not my first choice. It's just right. if we're thinking about when it comes to FAs and signing FAs. In the cap, yeah. Yeah, in the cap. Um, That would have just been one way to do it. And Zach says, don't forget, we still have to extend JT and MPJ. Uh, that could be – that's next year. So if, yeah. if we do a lot of stuff within the draft and not focus so much on FA this year – or even really re-sign anybody, you know, maybe sign one-year deals here and there, like Paris Campbell. I think he earned another one-year deal, right. another another prove-it year. Um, we're going to have to let one of the linebackers go if we're thinking financial-wise. But at that point, next year's cap space is going to be higher. Um, we're not signing – you know, we're not paying multiple quarterbacks as long as we let uh, 
Matt Ryan walk. He'll take his pay this year, and then next year he'll have no cap hit. So, damn, Matt Ryan would do us a huge favor if he just retired. Yeah, he's not going to do that. Yeah, we could I do it. We could. So. We could do a huge favor if we found somebody trade worthy. If somebody would trade for him, but I doubt that. Not after this year. Thank Even you, if- Dan. I agree. Oh, Will Levis. That's, that's just me. I thought he was saying United Kingdom. I was like, damn, we're looking at United Kingdom quarterback. <laughs> Tuesday night uh, here. So uh, that brings me to the next thing that we got going here. Um, so with the hire of Shane Steichen, who who were you guys thinking? Like, you know, we obviously had the question come up for Reggie Wayne. People want him to stay. Um, uh, obviously, Gus. Um, uh. Was it um? God damn it! Um, who are we gonna have our offensive coordinator? You know, are we gonna retain Reggie, Bubba Ventrone, those guys? What are you guys thinking there? I don't think we retain anybody offensively. Maybe Bubba. Bubba might stay because he's special teams, but I don't think we keep anybody offensively. I think Shane has already got people that he he knows and he's gonna want to work with. I, I kind of had that feeling as well, and that's another reason why I thought originally when he, when he answered the question and said we got to talk to some guys or whatever, that's what initially just clicked for me like, dang, I don't know if we're keeping it. I think the only way Reggie would stay, not Reggie would stay, but the only way we keep Reggie is if it's something Jim Ursay wants to happen. But I, I agree. Well, well I Reggie think, said he would want to stay. So if Steichen well, says, no, yeah. hey, Reggie. J- that's that's a conversation that Jim, Chris, and Shane are going to have is, you know, yeah. is Reggie staying? Uh, is Bubba staying? I feel like Bubba's been here for years. I'm like, Yeah, I'm going to say since uh, Frank came. Yeah. What about you, Damon? What you thinking uh, for offensive coordinator and offensive staff-wise? Offensive coordinator, my, my first choice would definitely be Brian Johnson. Um, but he's going to get the, you know, the, the, the great option of probably bouncing over here with Steichen or staying in Philly and running the show. So he gets to keep his sense of familiarity um, and call the shots from that point. That's going to be your only obstacle there. But personally, I think that is Steichen's number one guy. I do. I do think that's the first guy he's probably going to call. Um, after that, I think it could be a wild card of a couple different guys. But uh, unfortunately, I think Reggie, I think Reggie's definitely gone. Um, Bubba, just for the aspect of things, um, like I said, with him being a special teams coach, I like to think that he might be able to keep his job just because I know me and Matt have talked about, that's a very entry level position in coaching. So if you got a guy that's great at it, I don't see the sense of getting rid of somebody. I mean, it, and bringing someone in laterally, that may not be as good. So Reggie though, something to consider, although I do think he's gone, what guy can you get that may be better at the job than him? You're talking about a truthfully Hall of Fame receiver um, who obviously did show a lot of development in the wide receiver room. So it would have to be something like him wanting to bring a friend over or, or, or a personal coworker of the past. But I do think Reggie did really well this job this year, man. Reggie did. Think about the teams that Steichen came from. That, those, uh, those Chargers teams that he was a part of with Phillip Rivers and uh, the one with Justin Herbert, they had some good receiver Coaches, they were really yeah. good at developing receivers. Well, not um, not only that, you can't just look at that like that because Chargers had some studs at wide receiver. <laughs> I mean, they didn't really necessarily need as many coaches. They were using Keenan Allen for everything, and Mike Williams. I mean, but they also had guys just, like Charles Palmer, 
Um, they had some guys uh, back. I can't remember all the receivers that they had, but they had some guys that were really good back in the day. I'm going to go. I'm going to go a little outside the box. and I'm going to think maybe look at somebody like from the Jets. What they were able to do with their receivers this year was pretty damn good. Uh, the Giants, what they were able to do with their receivers this year. And they they don't have good teams. They don't have good – they're not like scary good. You know what I'm saying? They don't have good quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. So their quarterbacks being successful or the little bit of success that they had, especially Zach Wilson had success early on in the season. Um they had to come from somewhere, and those receivers Elijah, were able to do Elijah something. Moore told uh, Mike LaFleur to go fuck himself. Mike LaFleur can go fuck himself. So I, I don't know. I mean, I I'm think not talking about. Like, I'm not talking about character of coach of players. We're talking about coaches. You know I know. I'm, I'm just saying. I, I I think those receivers that they got were already talented, and they just you know they just needed a better quarterback. I I just it's just tough for me. A lot of those guys were were good already. I mean, but that's kind of the same argument for the Chargers. But I mean, it's hard to think about that because at that point you're digging deeper, you're digging further deep. You know, you're you're digging into these coaching staffs that you don't normally look as far into, right? How exactly. many how many um, offensive coaches can you think of that aren't OCs, quarterback coach, wide receiver coach? Not very many. Not, not very many. You know what no, I'm saying? Not unless you go do some research. Are you listening to every broadcast and just listen to the coaches that they need? Right, because half the time they don't even – those coaches don't do anything. They're they're more of like, hey, you're subbing in at this point. Hey, you're subbing at this point. They control certain drills. You don't really know who these guys are. So to think who's going to replace Reggie, that's a that's a hard question because it's going to be somebody that's like an offensive uh, – I don't I can't even remember the word of what they call it. Um, guru, offensive guru, a guy that could go grow to be a, a offensive coordinator or something like I'm, that. I'm, I'm, there's an actual position for it, and Shane Steichen was it once. I gotta, I gotta look at it. I can't think of what it's called. Yeah, I like that. I also like that. Stain, uh, Shane had some um, defensive background. I thought that was pretty cool. Offensive quality control. Yeah, there you go. Those are the guys that you usually are looking at at that point. Mm-hmm. Kind of like uh, we had Press Taylor. I think Press Taylor was our last quality control guy, right? Yeah, Jordan knew what I was talking about. <laughs> yeah, uh, Chad uh, saying I think uh, with Wayne under contract, he stays next season at least. So it's it's still up to the head coach if he wants to keep him, but he does have one more year on his contract. And then uh, Dan Knight asked, did Colts really block other teams from – Take talking to Gus, and they did. They did From what I'm tracking, it was Carolina. Frank Wright wanted to bring Gus Bradley over there to Carolina, and the Colts didn't want to let that happen. Can't have our guy. Nope. Can't Frank, our Frank guy. basically has been hiring every other guy that's been a head coach in the past for his staff. He's got a got a really nice staff over there right now. Yeah, he's he's taking all the old heads that can't hang around in the NFL anymore, and they've all been fired. <laughs> yeah. All like, fired. Everybody's saying that he's building the hell of a staff. Yeah, he's building the hell of a staff from 30 years ago. You can just call the Carolina Panthers back to the future. <laughs> like, he's literally hiring everyone who's ever been fired more than once, too. So, Jim Caldwell's been fired twice. Yeah, I don't think the Lions should have fired him. Me either, but it still happened. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's uh. So those are a couple things 
Um, the other one that's going to be pretty huge for me is uh, whoever we're going to bring in at offensive line coach. So I know it's going to be the same situation that we just discussed about, like, the wide receiver coach and whatnot. Um, but I hope we um, can find a really good coach there. And I know a lot of people have been tying a lot of Eagles players to Steichen as well. And I'm hoping we can get some of those um, offensive linemen that are tied to him, like Andre Dillard, would be awesome. Yes. Tackle from the Eagles. That would be awesome. Yeah. I don't know how much offensive line we're going to focus on. I still think it's going to be heavily on the right guard first. Um, But hopefully we'll get some more answers from Shane in the next coming days because he's going to be doing a lot of film study on the roster that we have now. Because he only had to do it once, and he only had to look at one side of the ball. So, um, but I did hear you say a comment about how he uh, worked on the defensive side too, mm-hmm. and I would say that that is very beneficial. Um, I was a defensive coordinator most of my time coaching, uh, and one year I moved over to uh, offensive side, man, and it's a totally different animal than what I thought it was on the defensive side. And I could tell you it probably improved my ability to coach a defense more. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah, I uh, never uh, really coached, I guess I would say, both sides of the ball. I mean, coach younger kids and whatnot. But definitely, I know playing both sides of the ball for sure helps you when you're going against the defender and kind of being able to read what they want to do to you when you played that position. So I know it can be beneficial as well. That situation there. Right, right. Looks like we got another new commenter there from Clyde McGowan. Uh, who is this coach and where did he come from? So this is Shane Steichen. He is the Philadelphia Eagles offensive coordinator. Um, he took over full play calling duties this year. He was a part-time play caller last year with the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, and then before that, uh, he was with the um, – L.A. Chargers, worked with Justin Herbert. Um, He was also still with the Chargers. I want to say they were just changing from San Diego to L.A. And he worked with Phillip Rivers for a while. Um, And so he was there. So this guy's been around for 12 years now in the NFL. And every year he's been in the NFL, he's pretty much moved up a position for the last 12 years. So this guy knows his stuff, works his tail off. And then I want to say back in, I want to say it was the year 2013 or 2014, which would have been his uh, third and fourth season in the NFL. That's when he was working on the defensive side of the ball. You know, that could be a good point, Chad. Rivers could potentially end up on this coach's staff. Yeah, Rivers has been talking a lot um, about Steichen. So, uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I think, I think Rivers could also bring some passion for a quarterback. Um, he knows how a throw should look. He knows the kind of throws they, they should make. He knows and he's, he's probably the best quarterback at reading a defense. Definitely a top five quarterback at reading a defense. So when it comes to that, that could definitely be good for a young rookie. So there's some options there. I think, I think. A lot of stuff we could, we could tie into some people. Um, but I guess we do got to give the guy a break. He just got hired. So I know he's probably working relentlessly, as he said in his pressure, um, yes. to you know put his staff together. But I'm pretty sure he's already talking to the current guys that are in the building to see where their minds are at, 
what their plan is and making sure that that their plans fit just like his did um just like you guys heard matt say in the beginning of this uh if you were not here he said that steichen went up against pretty much 13 other candidates um to get this job and uh within that uh chris ballard said that um steichen and some of the other candidates were all really good um, but Steichen just checked off all of the boxes that they won. You got to think, man, this guy has not stopped working, right? He's, He's had not. a full season, went all the way to the Super Bowl, got flown out of Arizona by the Colts to Indy, probably to get a tour around the facility. He probably got maybe a couple hours of sleep last night and then gets hired, has to do the presser. His family gets flown in, and it's been a busy time for him. He didn't just stop. He hung around with Blue. He was talking to some cameras, uh, talking to Colts fans and stuff. So he did not just come in there, do a presser, and go about his way. He was letting the fans know he was here and he was happy to be here. Yeah, and he's probably still working as we speak. That man's probably preparing for free agency in the draft right now. I guarantee you. Well, maybe not now. He probably might have stopped at 7 because it's probably about, it's about 8 o'clock over there, 9 o'clock. So yeah, I, I wouldn't be too mad at him to take a break. But I know for sure that he, he spoke to uh, at least Gus Bradley um, and uh, Bubba, you know, talked to his coordinators to get their mindset and see where they were at. Yep. But all right, everybody, this is a quick – this was a quick episode so that we could do our instant reactions. Uh, we will be back Saturday. Uh, Saturday is going to be our first – episode of our war room segment uh it'll be our day one draft so anything's up in the air we're hoping to have all six of us or five of us on here uh plus one so that we can all discuss what we think we should do in the first uh first round of the draft we're going to use the pff simulator so that we can all see it on screen and it'll be a good time man make sure you guys come out we want to see your input too we won't make our decision on that first round until you guys make some uh Put some stuff in the comments. Yeah, Jordan, always yes, uh, always come in, man. Uh, can always discuss. It'll be a Saturday, 5 o'clock Eastern time. No, no, no. No, no, no. It's 8 p.m. Eastern time. It's oh, 5 yeah. o'clock for Marco's time. It's yeah, 8 yeah. o'clock Eastern time every eight Saturday. Time. So 8 p.m. Eastern every Saturday, Clyde. Yeah. Jordan, we'll probably bring you. We'll bring you on here one of these episodes for this draft because we're gonna do all seven rounds, all seven rounds. Hey, and I know some people. I just seen some people leave out, but I appreciate all of the thirteen uh, viewers um, and and all the commenters in here tonight. I think thirteen might have been the most that I've seen at one time. I think we might have had thirteen last Saturday as well, or something like that. So appreciate all you guys coming through. Um, definitely keep coming through. I mean. We're always happy to have people on and, and joining us. And if people are consistent, I'm pretty sure Matt wouldn't be upset about adding to the team. I know I definitely could use some help on the social media side. So that'd be awesome. So anybody who's committed to it and, and want to come on and join us sometime, you know, we can always discuss. Appreciate you guys. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right, everybody. Have a good Tuesday night. Welcome, Coach Chain. And we will see Coach. you guys Saturday night. He is going to drop the throw. Fires deep along the right sideline for Alec, Alec Pierce. Pierce. He's got it. Touchdown! Touchdown! Alec Pierce spikes it into the end zone. Touchdown! I-N-D-Y! A 32-yard grab 
Snag. 